Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today, I hope people who've watched The Office hear this. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today's episode is meant to help you relax a little bit from, well, I guess take a break from what I feel like were a lot of heady and informative episodes which I, I enjoy doing. I know a lot of you out there enjoyed them as well. But I wanted to go back to one of the f- first reasons why I started this podcast. If you are a longtime listener, you would remember that my first episode was addressing the DCEU executives because I was frustrated with my beloved DC comic book characters being misused and being portrayed real weirdly in the the live action movies and that episode is actually that idea that topic was the inspiration for me in starting the podcast in general i've wanted to start a podcast for many years before i actually did and i think it one of the reasons was because i didn't really have a concept that i wanted to go with but having that frustration helped me come up with it. And I'm a heavy pop culture guy. I love movies. I love TV shows and things like that. But I don't think this podcast has really reflected it thus far. I know I've had episodes where I talk about the Avengers, but that's just such a narrow, specific topic that I focused on for way too long. And so I wanted to kind of yeah, relax with you guys today a little bit and talk about something that isn't too high stakes or too heady and informational, which, yeah, like the trade wars, the recycling bits, or the fact that recycling is useless. Those are all interesting and everything, but it's, I wanted to shift gears a little bit to mix it up to show you that this, this podcast is versatile. It's not just one lane is we go wherever we want here so yeah sit back put your feet up grab a drink i have a drink with me take a listen i don't know if you guys heard if you guys heard that but that's a little bit of a asmr for you guys that's a bubble tea courtesy of soft tea my wife's bubble tea business and i might be biased or you might think that i'm biased about this but i am not i'm being 100 objective here soft tea is the best bubble tea i've had in my life it, it tastes the cleanest it's the most delicious it's the freshest it's the most organic it's the best and that is not subjective at all this objective fact. Soft tea is the best bubble tea out there. And because I married the owner of soft tea, I get it whenever I want. She'll she'll make it for me whenever I ask her very nicely. And if you want to try this amazing bubble tea, your chance is at Swanee Fest. If you are a local in Atlanta, if, especially in the northeastern suburbs, in Swanee, 
There's a thing called Swanee Fest happening. Kind of like the fall fall festival that that uh, the gang of Parks and Rec pull off in Parks and Recs. But on, on a smaller scale, it is, it's really fun. There's a lot of vendors. There's a lot of events, a lot of things going on. And Softy is going to be one of the vendors. So at Swanee Town Center, Swanee Fest on September 21st and 22nd, come out. Grab some bubble tea, meet my wife, meet me, because I'll be there helping her. And that that's not an invitation I, I always make, but come meet her. It's going to be great, especially because it's my wife's first break or well, first event after her hiatus, you know, from having a baby and all. So, yeah, it's kind of a softies comeback event. So come out and, yeah, have fun. And Swanee Fest is is just fun overall. So even if you're not into bubble tea, come out and enjoy Swanee Fest and try bubble tea and you might start liking it. Anyways, yeah, that's that's a little plug I did for my wife there. Wife, if you hear this, I love you. I hope Swanee Fest goes well. Um, so we're, we're talking about The Office today. If you haven't watched The Office before, I would totally recommend doing it before you listen to this because this might not make any sense to you. You can skip the first season for now. Start at season two. That's what I always recommend people do because season one's a little hard, especially if you're not familiar with the British version and you don't like the really kind of depressing (laughs) try humor. So yeah, go ahead and skip season one. Go watch it after you've seen the other seasons. Well, I, I would watch seasons like two, three, and then you can go back to watch season one. But season two is really where the character, the true character of Michael Scott comes out. In fact, there's a video that someone made on YouTube describing why that happened. And it's because essentially it's because the first season, people are the people of the U.S. office. They're trying to essentially make an American version of David Brent from the UK office in the form of Michael Scott. And yeah, American audiences weren't really into it. So that's why they turned Michael Scott from this truly depressing loner, weirdo, weirdo loser to kind of a redeemable, a little bit of a likable character. So that's why I always tell people to start season two because they get turned off by season one and they miss out on the, the absolute gem of a show that starts at season two. I personally like season one. I That's how I started watching. I, I started from episode one, season one, and I enjoyed every bit of it. But yeah, some people don't like it. So if you feel like you're not going to like that, start at season two. If you are cool like me, start at season one. What I really like about The Office is the fact that it's so rewatchable. And again, everyone's watching it all the time on Netflix because it's the most watched show that Netflix actually has. And I think the reason why people like it and enjoy it so much, one of the contributing factors, I think, is the fact that they don't have a laugh track. And if you notice, there are TV shows that do have laugh tracks you can kind of turn off your brain and watch them and still laugh. Even if you're not really understanding the joke, you're cued to laugh by the laughter from the people in the TV show 
to laugh along. And my wife actually said this to me. My wife is perfect in every way except one. She is not a fan of The Office. I know. But she told me straight up the reason why is because they don't have a laugh track. Because we were watching Friends together one day and she told me she really enjoyed Friends. And she said, I think I really enjoy Friends but don't like The Office because Friends has a laugh track whereas The Office doesn't. And her reasoning was she didn't really have to focus on the TV show too much to laugh. The TV show was telling her what was funny and what to what to enjoy. So to, to be fair, my wife isn't a huge TV watcher anyways. So she doesn't like needing to focus on a TV show to enjoy it. She's more of the turn on a TV show, kind of do my own thing on the side. Whereas I need to focus 100% to enjoy especially movies but tv shows as well so yeah that's where she's coming from and it got me thinking it's true office they don't give you cues on what's funny or not you kind of have to determine that on your own and it's the fact that they don't have a laugh track helps them create that awkward level of funniness as well those situations where it's kind of funny, so you think you want to laugh, but you don't know if it's appropriate to laugh at or not. That's where the magic is, I think, for The Office. They create those situations, and they make it awkward for the viewer to laugh about it or decide not to laugh about it. They give you the choice. They don't force you to laugh at something by, by creating a false sense of humor by, by adding in the laugh, laughter track. Oh, by the way, I heard the laugh tracks, they were recorded in like the 1960s, 50s or something, super early. Uh, and they say a lot of the people are dead. So, <laughs> yeah, you might be listening to dead people laughing. Who knows? So, yeah, The Office. I, the thing I want to talk about today, it's not really a, a fan theory per se. It's my theory. And it's not really anything crazy like, Toby being the Scranton Strangler or anything like that. It's just a theory that I have. And overlaying this theory to the TV show makes helps me enjoy it more. So I want to share that with you. I want to share my theory on what I think is kind of going on subtly and in the background that is never explicitly stated. But if you take a moment to think about it, I think it makes sense. And I think it does add a little bit. It adds a little bit to to the show and leaves you with a good feeling inside. So before I get to what is exactly my fan theory, I I need to kind of build foundation a little bit. And the foundation is, isn't it weird how we all love the characters in The Office, but they are all super morally questionable people i was thinking about it today there aren't really there i can't think of a single character who is super morally upright like there are no superman archetypes here they all do things they are all deeply flawed people they do things that a lot of us probably wouldn't do in real life and let me just go through the list to prove my point jim Jim and Pam, the result 
of their, well, the beginning of their relationship was a broken engagement. And throughout the time that Pam was engaged to Roy, Jim and Pam were openly flirting with each other. So that's pretty shady. If you think about it in your own perspective, or if you think about it in terms that can be personally relatable, yeah, just imagine your fiance is at work constantly flirting with someone else. And you happen to work at the same place, just in on different floors. So your fiance is right under your nose flirting with someone else and even talking to her mom about it. Because if you remember the episode where Pam's mom comes to visit, the first thing Pam's mom asks is, so who is he? So where's the guy? Implying that Pam's been talking to her mom about about Jim. Why? If not for the fact that she had feelings for him. So that's shady. That's shady, right? So for, for those two. And they, this is a small, small thing, but they also watch illegally downloaded movies. If you remember the episode where Jack Black and Jessica Alba make a cameo in the form of a movie within the TV show, that movie was illegally downloaded by Andy. And they watch it with Andy simply because they don't know how to download their own illegal movies. But they condone illegally stealing intellectual property intellectual property i don't know they, they condone stealing of of movies from studios to to watch for free so morally questionable people next four are guilty of the same thing oscar angela dwight stanley all four of them are guilty of having affairs oscar sleeping with angela's husband can you imagine sleeping with someone's husband that you work with all day, every day, for years. Super shady. Angela, while she was married to this guy, was sleeping with Dwight. Also, when she was engaged to Andy, she was also sleeping with Dwight. So those two affairs. Stanley, I think, at one point had three different lovers. So these people, they're sexual deviants. I don't know. Is that the right term to use? I don't know. But they sleep around a lot, is the point. Andy Bernard, remember when the Stanford branch closed? In the, near, the episode, near the end of that episode, you see Andy carting away these com- this computer. And Jim asks, hey, isn't that the, the manager? Isn't that Josh's, the branch manager at Stanford? And Andy kind of ignores him and just walks away. So he's guilty of corporate theft. He also punches walls, creating holes in them. And needing to go to anger management. So morally questionable there as well. He steals and he is prone to temper outbursts. Phyllis, she kind of bragged at one point that she flirts with men at bars. And then gets her husband to beat them up later. And she talks about it as if there's nothing wrong with wrong about that whatsoever. So she, that's super shady right creed he gets he gets taken to jail at the end of the season so at the end of the series so he's done a lot of crazy stuff and he just does he's a weird guy in the casino night episode he steals people's chips and just says i like stealing that's just something i do kevin is an embezzler and this isn't even related this isn't even 
dependent on the fan theory that because so okay so the fan theory is kevin embezzled from dunder mifflin and he had money stashed away that's how he's able to buy the bar near the end of the series but i'm not even talking about that what i'm talking about is on the episode where they find out that someone from stanford used to be in prison they find out that he went to jail because he embezzled and kevin says I had to have him explain to me five times what he did because it sounds like something I do every day here. So he openly admitted that he is embezzling money, committing corporate embezzlement. Is that the word? Is that how you put it? So, yeah, he's a thief. He's a thief big time. He's stealing money from from this company. Toby, this one is a little... I couldn't really think of much. Maybe there's other stuff, but... If the fan theory is true that he is secretly the Granton Strangler, then he's committed murder. So he's the worst of the worst. Kelly stole a boat when she was younger. She went to juvie because she stole a boat for her boyfriend or something like that. And Ryan, he obviously defrauded or misled the investors of Dunder Mifflin. Cost the company hundreds of thousands of dollars. He went to jail for it. Or did he go to jail? He certainly got fired and he at least got probation or something, but police officers took him away, right? Because of what he did. And I don't know if this is, I might be reading too much into this, this one, but later on you, Ryan goes to Thailand and he's breaking up with Kelly because he's going to Thailand. And Kelly is like, what, who are you going with? And Ryan says, I'm going with friends from high school. And he goes, or a high school, implying that he's going to Thailand with high schoolers, implying that he might be doing some weird stuff with them. He might be a pedophile. Who knows? But, and I don't even need to get into Michael Scott because he's, especially in the early seasons, he's just brutally insensitive, racist, maybe homophobic at certain times. He is lovable, but he he does he has done some weird stuff. He he kind of had an affair. Well, he did have an affair, where with uh, the lady from the adult arcade place. Yeah. So all these characters, they all do really shady stuff, which is weird because we find them lovable. We all like we like them. Maybe maybe the fact that they're flawed helps us like them. Who knows. Yeah, but they are all really not super morally righteous people. In fact, I I think in the show, there if you think about the seven deadly sins, you can match it up to one of the characters to say that man, they really do struggle with that particular deadly sin. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of read through this. Greed. Who is more greedy than Ryan? Right? Because he, he got into the whole debacle with Dunder Mifflin Infinity. Yeah, Dunder Mifflin Infinity, the the website that he was starting. So he wanted to gain recognition and more money, right? So he lied he lies about it. He's super greedy. Later on he when he's trying to start wolf.com, he's trying to you know, siphon money out of Michael and he's always coming up with schemes to try to make money because he's he's greedy. Envy, Dwight, 
he gets redeemed at near the end, but he's always envious of whoever holds the manager position, the branch manager manager position at Dundee Mifflin Scranton. Lust Meredith, she's always you know sleeping around with people. Michael jokes that she's slept with so many guys that she's starting to look like one. Pride, I actually think Jim is really prideful. He puts himself above all the other people in the office and. There's that one episode where he's a co-manager and he has to go on a sales call with Michael or a sales meeting with Michael because the clients want Michael there and he gets really petty about it because he thinks he can do it better than Michael. But and so I think Jim personifies pride in this TV show. Gluttony is obviously Kevin. He, when Pam's pregnant, he describes his daily root eating routine. And he has like three lunches, two dinners, early dinner, all that. He has definitely way more than three meals a day. Sloth is Stanley. Even the way he talks, super slow. And there's an episode where the office workers go down to the warehouse. And Ryan, well, and they're, they're doing warehouse work. And Ryan says, hey, we should do it this way. It might be more efficient. But Stanley's not having it. He just says, no, we're just going to run out the time. I don't I don't want to put in any extra effort into this. So he is very slothful. And Wrath is obviously Andy. He's, he has to go to anger management because he can't control his anger. So yeah, even just putting it into the seven deadly sins perspective, all of those, all seven are represented by characters in this show. So... There's no arguing here that these are all really flawed people. And I think that's what drives them to be so weird, right? Think about think about every character. They're all kind of weird, right? They do these weird things. But so my fan theory here is that I think the only redemption that these characters can get is through love. I think love is the potion, the antidote to all the weirdness that these characters get subjected to or become involved in. Right? And let me explain this a little bit. Think about every character and think about their think about the way that they've evolved throughout the series. Right? Think about how they were in the beginning. Think about who they became, who they continued to become in the middle, and who they eventually became at the end. And whenever there's love, I think they become more normal. Whenever love is misused, they become really weird. And whenever love is lost, they also become very weird. And let me go through specific examples of what I saw and what I think. Uh, and... So these, these are my evidence, my proofs for why I believe this is true. So I'm just going to take Jim and Pam to begin with. They're, they love each other and they know it. They Even though Pam was engaged to someone else, their love for each other never really, except for that little bit in, at the end of season two when Jim goes away to Stanford. Their love is never really questioned. Their love is is right there. And although they, they struggle, they, they 
have hardships like all love does, they persevere, right? And that's why I think those two are the most normal characters in the show. And, and normal is a relative term, but think about Michael, think about Dwight, think about Kevin, Creed. These are all really weird people. But Jim and Pam, they're sane, they're reasonable, they're smart. I think that's because they have a firm grasp on what their true love is, right? And I'm going to talk about Kevin. Kevin is a normal accountant in the beginning. He seems competent at, at what he's doing. But what happens early on that changes his life? His engagement is broken with Stacy, I believe is her name. And it's just a downward spiral for that guy because his love is lost. And he becomes, he turns into this caricature of a, just a really fat, dumb guy who is really terrible at his job. And then Kelly and Ryan. So I know that they kind of have this love for each other, but it's twisted love. It's not real love. Ryan, in fact, kind of uses her a lot of the times for for sex. And Kelly is also trying to make him jealous all the time. And so their love, I feel, is kind of a twisted version in this in this TV show. Remember when they get married and divorced in a single weekend. So they're, they're really weird because of that, that twisted love. I think their characters are really weird. They become really weird. Think about Ryan when he first is a temp. He's just as normal and reasonable and smart as Jim. You would even say that he's kind of a different version of Jim. But as soon as he starts dating Kelly... And their relationship kind of takes all these flips and turns and things like that. He becomes weirder and weirder. Yeah, it's just no good. And Dwight and Angela. Dwight, I think, is just weird from the beginning because he has his love for Angela, but they're hiding it. See, Dwight and Angela, they love each other. They know it, but they can't admit to it. That's why they're always, in the beginning, they're always hiding it. They go and they date other people. They get engaged to other people. They marry other people. But when does Dwight become a competent, normal, cool guy? It's at the end when he's engaged to be married to Angela. It's, only, it's not until he finds his love that he actually becomes a reasonable human being. I think about Phyllis. She's relatively normal throughout, right? And that's because she meets her love very early on and their relationship is good they don't really th there's no signs of marital problems there so she's relatively normal throughout andy has his near the end he has his crazy breakdown at the audition the singing acapellas america's best acapella singer or whatever that's called he has his meltdown and he goes viral and his life kind of spins out of control because he neglected Aaron and he broke up with her. So he was, in the beginning, he didn't have anybody. That's why he was this angry, weird guy. And he becomes a little bit more likable near the time when he starts dating Aaron. But as soon as he loses Aaron, he goes back into being this weird, incompetent guy. And that's because he's lost love. 
right? Jan, who is a normal executive at Dunder Mifflin, no signs of her being weird at all. But what happens? She gets divorced from her husband. She starts dating Michael, but that's not real love because Michael is meant to be with someone else. And so she she goes through this craziness as well. She gets a boob job. She she becomes really weird. She starts that candle company. Yeah. And it's not until she breaks it off or Michael breaks it off with her that she finds jobs as executives elsewhere and she kind of puts her life back together. And, and yeah, look at Michael. When is what is the one episode where people tell him he's been a great boss? It's the one where he's leaving because he's found Holly. Well, he's engaged to Holly finally. It's not until he is with the person that he's meant to be that you realize, oh, he was a great boss. So his normalcy comes from when he meets Holly, or not meets, but he gets back together with Holly and he gets married to her. Yeah, I think that's it. It's just, yeah, so... I think love in this TV show is kind of the underlying force that no one really knows about or talks about, but that's controlling everything. Yeah, to me, I think it just adds an extra level. It you makes it makes you on a route for these characters to find their true love, and they show demonstrable uh, visual mental improvement in who they are as human beings when they do find love so i don't know if that was intentional or maybe i'm i don't know i might be reading too much into it but it makes me feel warm inside that the creators of the show placed love in such a high place as such a huge virtue that changes that can potentially change people's characters and misused love how it can have a devastating effect. I, I think is, uh, yeah, I think it's as a viewer adds adds a little bit extra. You know, um, when I was mentioning the the weird deeds of every character and their morally and morally questionable actions, I forgot the biggest one of the biggest ones. Remember that final season where Ryan has a baby and he abandons the baby to go burn off with Kelly. That's not the one I'm talking about because you you kind of expect that out of Ryan as a character. But you know what Nellie does? Nellie, the, probably my least favorite character of the show, but she's so desperate for a child. She hasn't been able to get a baby through the legal proper channels. So what she does is she decides to kidnap this kid and just take her, take the kid with her to Europe. You know, I understand that uh, I understand that Ryan's a really shady guy, but as a father, I, I first of all I can't imagine abandoning my daughter. But if I did, that would be a momentary lapse of judgment, and I would run back to her. And I don't think we can discount the fact that Ryan might be feeling the same way eventually, somewhere down the down the line. And not to mention the fact that the mother is out there somewhere as well. Even even though Ryan explains that the mother ran out on him, she's still out there. So when she comes to her senses, 
if she came to her senses and she wanted to see the baby, what is she going to do? She's not going to be able to find him. She'll go to Ryan, but Ryan would be like, I lost a baby. Some crazy woman stole him, stole our son, and moved to Europe. Like, that's what Nelly basically does, which is crazy, right? So, yeah, she's morally, that's not, that's just, that's just straight up kidnapping there. So, I, I don't know if she, I can't think of if she finds redemption. I, I, that's kind of the redemptive story for her. That's her happy ending. But it's crazy to me that the makers of the show decided her happy ending is going to be the fact that she commits a felony and runs off with a child that's not her own, even though the government or the, I guess, the adoption agencies have found her unfit to be a parent because she wasn't getting a baby, right? So, yeah, I just I forgot to talk about that. So I wanted to add that in there. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening today. This is this episode isn't meant to have a huge. It's it's not really meant to be uh, informative. It's not meant to change your life in any way. It's just it's really just a, a excuse on my end to talk about a show that I really like. If you like The Office, please let me know. I I would love to talk to you. I want to talk to you more about The Office. I want to talk to people more about The Office. So. Yeah, e- email me. You can email me at ihthtpodcast at gmail.com. That's, I hope they hear this abbreviated podcast at gmail.com. Or you can use Instagram. I have a post for most every episode. Well, I I did, re- I forgot. I started Instagram many, many weeks after I started the podcast. So my old episodes, I don't have a post for. If you want me to add them, I, I can but I haven't heard anyone really clamoring for that, so I haven't. But most all recent episodes will have a post associated with it, so you can talk about it there. I recently found this app called CastBox. It's, a, it's just a podcast platform, but it's kind of cool because it lets you comment on the podcasts and comment about specific episodes, so... If you want to do that there, go go do that and subscribe. You know, I, I'm going to ask you guys to do this. If you have been enjoying this podcast at all, uh, please leave a review on, I think the most prevalent is Apple. So on iTunes, if you can leave a review of however many stars you feel this show deserves. If you scroll down to the bottom, you can do that. And or if you want to leave a review, that would be really helpful. I think that's how uh more people can discover the podcast so if you could help me out in that way i would greatly appreciate it and if you do leave a review i will read out one of your reviews and give you a shout out on this on this podcast i don't know if that's worth anything to you but i will do it for you because i love you guys i love the, the listeners of this podcast so guys again thank you so much for listening I hope today was fun. It was fun for me. I enjoyed it. I I did really relax on this one. I didn't really care about... So I, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you compare my early episodes to my more recent ones, I've been intentionally and consciously putting an effort to not use filler words like um and like too often. And I also try to speak as clearly as possible and things like that. So I... 
kind of go into this podcast mode when I do it. I didn't really do that today, so apologies if I rambled a lot today, but I had fun. I hope you guys did too. If you have any suggestions of other topics that you want me to talk about, again, there is no limit to this podcast. We do not have any constraints. I can talk about anything and everything. So anything you want me to talk about, video games, I love video games, you know, TV shows, movies. If you want me to talk about those things. I know uh, Jonathan from the the relationship podcast, the, the relationship episode and the Zealand episode, Jonathan Choi. He mentioned that it would be cool if I did movie review or TV review stuff. So I'm going to try to get that worked out with him, watch a movie together and review it or something. Because I think that would be fun too. So yeah, I'm open to any topic suggestions. So let me know. Again, email or Instagram. It's IHTHT. I hope to hear this abbreviated podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram. I forgot to mention the Instagram handle before. But it's I hope to hear this. All one word. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back next week with a different topic. Uh, You know, stay on your toes because you never know what I'll talk about on this podcast. (laughs) Bye, guys.